Hey, I'm Carmen. I'm a teacher, fellow ADHDer, and a certified life coach. I created this podcast to help people like you live the life they want to live. Let's chat about the struggles, the different things that we face, the latest research, and some of my favorite tips on how to cope with this neurodevelopmental disorder of ADHD. Let's get started. Hey friends, it has been a week so far. How about you? How are you doing? So this week we're going to talk about ADHD and time blindness because I have noticed that using some of the strategies that I've been learning over the summer and things like that have helped me in transitioning back into the school year, especially with my morning routine, not always running behind and actually being early a couple of days um, last week and this week and just not feeling so rushed and anxious by what a lot of ADHDers call time blindness. So that's what we're going to talk about today, why you're always running late and some strategies that I hope will help you. But first, you know what time it is. Hey, ADHDer, I see you. If you'd like to take the strategies and tips that I share in this podcast further, head to my show notes and click the link to join Focused. It is the ADHD program for adults created by Kristen Carter, who has ADHD herself. So the platforms are ADHD friendly and the transformations that I've made since I joined have been amazing. If you head to my show notes and use that link, not only do you save $50 in your first payment, but I get a credit to my account too. We all win. Go to my show notes now if you want more of these tips, strategies, and in-depth ways to manage your ADHD. You can also download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started making your own podcast to share your voice. All right, my friends, back to the show. Do you feel like you are never on time, always running behind, or always trying to catch up? That's what today's topic is all about. Time blindness, why we are always running late, and that goes for me too, and some strategies I offer to help with this large gap between the past, present, and future. That idea, and a lot of the ideas in my research, come from Taking Charge of Adult ADHD by Dr. Russell Barkley and an article on Attitude Magazine. Dot com, 12 Ways to Stop Wasting Time. Now, I want to talk about what time blindness is because the way that it is defined is that it is, it comes from a um, being hyper-focused in a hyper-focused state, doing something, becoming immersed in that specific task, and then becoming blind 
to the concept of the amount of time that's passing. In ADHD, it can show up in a million different ways. I just have some listed here because time blindness can feel like several different things for all different people. Some people with ADHD don't struggle with this as much. Like I've said, ADHD is a spectrum disorder and it varies and so do the symptoms and different negative outcomes. So time blindness can feel like a sad memory, something that happened that hurt you really bad years ago still feels like it happened yesterday. Or an exciting event that's coming up seems like it's taking forever. (laughs) Or a boring task or a boring day, they seem like minutes are slowly passing by. And then not being able to accurately predict future events when goal setting and making plans. It can also look like not knowing how long a particular task takes and then continuing to do certain tasks and not giving ourselves enough time. It can also look like getting immersed in an activity and then after hours thinking that it's not actually hours of time looking at a clock or feeling a feeling like hunger or thirst or something like that makes us actually stop and look at the time and say, oh my goodness, you know, such and such time has gone past. It can also look like difficulty task switching to a task that's less interesting than the one that you're doing. So that's that cognitive flexibility that I bring up sometimes. So those are the different ways that it can look and let, let's talk about why. So people with regular, typically developing brains, they have a hippocampus that allows the cells to act as a time scale to allow them to track time in their mind conceptually and the external concept of time. So people who do not have ADHD can actually use their brain. Their hippocampus works correctly in the fact that it helps them track time. In the ADHD brain, the hippocampus is smaller, giving us less access to it, making the ability to follow time in our brains very difficult. That time horizon that regular people have that looks normal, we have a shorter time horizon than typically developing brains, and that's why. Hey listener, if you're enjoying this show, you should totally subscribe to it so that you can see when new episodes pop right up into your feed. In Spotify, if you go up at the top and hit click follow, it'll notify you every time there's a new episode. Then, really quick, as you're listening to this, right under the follow little um, bubble, there's a rating bubble. If you could just rate this podcast and give some feedback, possibly maybe answer the poll question that's underneath the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. I hope that you're enjoying whatever you're doing today or tonight. Have a great one. So if you're thinking, so ADHD, people with ADHD can't like tell time or like it's not that we're actually blind. 
to time or it's not that we don't know how to tell time it's more of our brain's perception of the concept of time like what I stated before those examples and it's our concept of time in our minds so being able to do things know how long they take and predict the future those things are all hard for those parts of our brains other things that it can include is one more thing i did so like doing one more thing like watching one more tv show or doing that one last load of laundry or whatever it is to stave off going to bed or leaving for work or transitioning into a less interesting task and then also it comes up a lot when thinking something tedious won't take long um for example when i started writing podcasts i didn't think that it would take a long time to actually write out my thoughts but it does it, it really it takes time to do the research and write it out in a way that is conversable to put into words for you to understand and take with you um so another way to think about this is that there's the boss of our brain and that's all of our executive functions then there's the workers which are the other parts and neurons and things like that so a lot of the times what we're doing is we're letting our work the workers of our brain override the boss because the boss, aka our executive functions, they take a lot of breaks, they take a lot of days off, they don't want to show up. Um, they're kind of just, you know, they they do not want to work the way we want them to work sometimes. So we have to try extra hard. So to not let the workers or the neurons of our brains do whatever they want. My coach describes this as a toddler brain. I do like that concept, but I liked my little analogy of the boss and the workers. Because if you think about it, when the boss leaves and the workers, you know, they can kind of do whatever they want. Less work gets done, etc. So instead of accurately being able to see what could happen in the future, we stay in the now. This is a theory of Dr. Russell Barkley's that ADHDers are constantly focused on the present and past and future are far away. Because as I stated before, there are a plethora of ways that this can show up. Past, future, present, especially when those strong emotions show up. This is my friendly reminder that I am not a doctor. I am just a fellow ADHD teacher and life coach. If you suspect that you have ADHD or some other mental illness, please seek help from a medical professional. As I always suggest, see a psychologist to get a full evaluation. Back to the show. Hi friend, are you looking for a little more support for your ADHD or something else in your life that's a big struggle? You are in luck. Head to the show notes to sign up for a free one-on-one coaching call with yours truly, me. 
Stay authentic, friends, and go sign up. So let's talk about some strategies for time blindness. So first, the first one I want to give is identify what time blindness looks like for you. What do you get immersed in and what do you run late doing a lot? I tend to get immersed in different projects I'm doing when I'm writing about things or researching things. I lose track of time um, and I tend to run late going to bed and getting up to go to work lately. This hasn't been that much of an issue because I've implemented some of the strategies that are going to follow along here. So time yourself doing certain tasks so you know how long it really takes. I used to actually think, friends, people, I used to actually think that sitting down to do my lesson plan would take four hours. I timed myself after um, breaking it up, which is number six, and I'll get to that. And it actually only took me an hour and a half of time blocking blocks. So time your tasks and then make time super visible is the second one. Put clocks everywhere, timers for everything. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I live by alarms set multiple alarms. I literally have three going off to tell me, hey, it's almost time to leave work. Hey, time to leave for work. Hey, you are late. Leave now for work. Um, I also have the same ones telling me to get ready for bed, get in bed, and you should be sleeping. Why are you reading this alarm? So making time super visible and get creative about it. Make it funny, you know, things like that. Uh, the next one is up that dopamine. We don't have a lot of it in our brains, so be careful not to mistake this, though, for, like, doing other tasks that may cause you to get that dopamine but fall behind. They give you that quick dopamine hit, like emptying the dishwasher, but that actually might make you late. But instead, with naturally, with things like coffee, vitamin B6, um, getting out into the sunlight, and exercising... Exercising is one of my non-negotiables. So is coffee and so is taking my vitamins. And I get plenty of sunlight during the day. Um, and in the wintertime, I use a sunlight box. So you can get at me on Instagram at, at authenticallyadhd uh, underscore Carmen Iris if you want to chat more about some of those things that I use um, <clears throat> to help me with my dopamine. Um, because number four is uh, externalize key information like reminders, timers, and to-dos. So for me, I can't use sticky notes um, unless they're in the middle of a mirror, a door, a computer screen, or something that I'm going to look at every day, like my water bottle, something I'm going to pick up. If it's not in my face and it's just like on the desk, it becomes part of my environment. So, and that might not be the same for you. So sticky notes might work for you in bright colors or different colors for different tasks. I use different timers on my computer for computer tasks and I use phone timers for phone tasks. Um, you have to you have to use a planner or a journal. I like to have a physical thing to look back at because a lot of things, when we put it on our phones, it is um, out of sight, out of mind for a planner or a journal, uh, you know, plan for the day, things like that, goals you want to set, keeping schedule. 
Um, make it creative, fun, and make it work for you. Like I've said before, make it work for you. Not more work for you. Make it work. Don't make it more work, okay? Gotcha? Got me? You with me? All right, number five. Make sure you don't get caught up in magical thinking when planning your day. What does that mean, you ask? Because of our habit of magical thinking or thinking we can get more done than we really can, our dopamine deficiencies and our poor ability to plan future tasks based on past experiences. <laughs> so make sure you are not setting the bar too high by scheduling something in every hour of the day. Our brains need a break. They get exhausted, fatigued from things like this. It's executive functioning. You're taxing it. Number six, which I mentioned earlier, is break it down. When I write out on my plan, like lesson plan, I don't just write lesson plan because there's way more steps to it. I have to individualize for certain students. I have to write a plan for circle time. Then I have to write a plan for movement, how I'm going to assess these things, the different ways we're going to learn and play, how I'm going to teach them social emotional skills. There are several steps to doing that. And for me, it's also writing it down and then putting it in the computer and then also making sure it's in the right folder. Those are a lot of different steps. Just writing a lesson plan, your brain, your sneaky brain will look at that and say, oh, it'll take me 20 minutes when really it does take me an hour and a half. No, not three hours like, you know, my brain interpreted it before, but it takes an hour and a half. It does not take 20 minutes. <laughs> so when you plan to do a task or something that's bigger like that, that's not just like drink water, <laughs> break it down into the smallest parts possible to see it more accurately, to see how might, how long it might take you to do, and then time it. Um, number seven, change the time you associate with an event. For example, focus on I have to leave the house at 8 a.m. and not I have to be somewhere at 8.30. This helps us and our brain with that tr transition and the anxiety that goes along with it. And number eight kind of goes along with this. Allow for free or buffer time. I give myself an extra 30 minutes in the morning so that I know that I have that extra time that I could help, that could help with my anxieties and things that come along with time blindness, like feeling rushed, feeling like you're running behind. Those things cause anxiety. So having that extra buffer time helps your brain know, okay, I don't have to freak out because I have time. Also thinking about the way that you think about time. If you're always saying, I don't have enough time, your brain is always going to think you'd never have enough time. If you start trying to tell your brain, I might have enough time for this, or I do have enough time. See how those thoughts kind of work out for you, or try something a little bit more um, feasible, like, I could have enough time. How could I have enough time? And the last one is ask for help. Enlist a therapist if you can afford it, a coach if you can afford it, or ask a friend or a loved one for help. Hey, can you just can you just tell me when it's this time today or every day? Can you help me with this or that different thing that you might struggle with with time blindness? So 
I hope that these strategies and the explanation of time blindness helped you today, my friend. That's all I have for you today. Make sure you check out the show notes links. No, I don't ever put like very detailed um, show notes. They are usually just links to join focus. If you can afford getting an ADHD coach, Kristen Carter is the best. The focus link is in the um, show notes to get money off of your first month. She's an awesome ADHD coach who teaches how to live life with ADHD to the best of our ability. Thank you for listening and stay authentic, my friends. See you next time.